Let's Talk Sports. Sports Phone with Big Al is live on 1061 ESPN. The voice of reason and the dean of Richmond Radio. Here's Big Al on 1061 ESPN. This is it. Baseball has the final weekend coming up. This is Thursday. There will be some games. There are games today. Not a full docket. It all depends on who's played 157 or 158 or 159. If they played 157, they got some making up to do. 158 and 159 are certainly acceptable because there are Thursday games today and then through the weekend. Now, what I, what I want to look at is, of course, the weekend games. By the way, Atlanta won last night. 102 and 56 is now their record. And uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers also won last night, put them at 98 and 60. But the catch there is they're four games back and four to go. That would be Atlanta has four to go. The Dodgers have four to go. And the tiebreaker goes to Atlanta. So that being the case, Atlanta has won the home field throughout as long as they can stand throughout the National League playoffs. So that's if you're an Atlanta Brave fan and there are numerous in this here town, uh, then um, they will they, listen, win and keep and stay at home. That's the deal there for the Atlanta Braves. So they have that. As far as weekend games is scheduled with any kind of a significance, Miami is significant because they are they're right there at the doorstep of getting in. Uh, Miami's at Pittsburgh for the weekend. Uh, other significant series, Baltimore hosting Baltimore starting tomorrow. <laughs> Baltimore hosting Baltimore. Let me get back to you on that one. Baltimore's hosting Boston for the weekend series. I forget what their magic number is. It must be, it might be about two. They won last night, 99 and 59. Two years ago, they won 52 games. And uh, they have 99 in the hopper now. If they can uh, win their four games, they'll have 102. Not quite a double, but uh, it would be a 50-game improvement from 2021 to 2023. That is significant. So they need to win. Tampa Bay, on their heels by two and a half games, (coughs) excuse me, uh, is at Taranto. And uh, Toronto is, uh, they're in the playoffs. They're they're not in the playoffs yet. They're not there yet because you got a lot going on out in the West. Uh, they're up, I think, a half a game in, in the wild card. We'll double check that. But yes, they right now they're in it, subject to change. Philadelphia, the Mets, nothing there. Philadelphia's locked where they're going to be. That ain't changing. Atlanta and Washington now somewhat irrelevant. Uh, just from the standpoint of Atlanta, doesn't need to win. They'd like to win. Obviously, there's that. Uh, let's see what else is significant weekend series. Oh, boy, there's going to be a lot of buses running in the parking lot, and uh, a lot of guys are going up to the plate and they'll be swinging at everything because <laughs> there ain't a whole lot going on. Whole, ain't a whole lot of shaking going on, as the man said. Houston is in Arizona. 
that has significance. And then here's one for you, and this is about it. The uh, Rangers are at Seattle. And uh, the Rangers lead Seattle by, I think, what, three and a half? I'm going to double-check the standings momentarily. Uh, but Texas is at Seattle. They lead Houston by two and a half, and I think four over Seattle. Like, I know Houston beats them. So not really a lot of significant series this weekend. Yet at the same time, it's the end of the regular season, and there's always a little bit of sadness in that. You know, after the boys of summer are gone, you know, there's, uh, there's that. You know, the, the boys of summer are getting to wrap up. And they're already wearing jackets. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how it all plays out this weekend uh, with the series. Just to take a gander, for example, at the wild card, uh, Tampa is locked in at 10. Uh, Tampa, Toronto's a half a game up over Houston. So that's a significant series because Tampa could catch Baltimore. And Toronto needs wins to stay in. Houston is uh, the third wild card, a game and a half up over Seattle. They went to Seattle and took two out of three. And if you look at the American League regular season standings, um, Texas is two and a half out and Seattle's four out, which is what I said, uh, which is correct. So there you got that. Seattle's faded a little bit. But, hey, there's weekend series to play. They have four games left. Seattle does. And uh, they've got to win some of the – they obviously have to win games to get in because they're four back, but a game and a half behind Houston. It's like that old joke, you know, who you can't outrun that Cougar. No, I only have to outrun you, as the old story goes. So anyway, uh, that's that's the deal there uh, in baseball. So you, you just take a – Baltimore's in. Tampa is in. Minnesota is in. Texas, Houston, Seattle still nose to the glass. Texas has a, a two-and-a-half game lead. They should be in, obviously. Two of those teams at least will get in, I would think. Well, Toronto's right there. So we'll see how it plays out. At least they have at least one wild card because ain't nobody putting in anything from the Central except Minnesota. So, in winning the division. And National League, as we know, Philadelphia's in, Atlanta's in, Milwaukee's in, the Dodgers are in. So, there are two still waiting to get in. And if you look at the wild card in the National League, it's uh, you still got like three or four dogs still barking at it. American League, you've really only got uh, Seattle a game and a half out, other than that, Houston, Toronto, and Tampa. That's the way that goes. National League, Arizona's plus two, so they'll be playing. They'll be scratching against it. They're not going to just show up and roll out the bats and get the bus running. They need to win a one, one or two to make sure they're in the playoffs as they got the Houston Astros coming to town. Cubbies are in third. Miami is actually tied with them, but the Cubbies have the, the tiebreaker. So, there you have it. That's what it's looking like. Cincinnati's a game and a half out, but eh. They got, they got a leapfrog two to make it. Uh, don't see that happening. Anyway, this is Sports Phone on 1061 ESPN. We appreciate you tuning in. I'm Big Al Robert the Bruce. On the other side of the glass, we have coming up today, of course, we have uh, Mike London at about 835, 836 ahead, coach of the uh, William & Mary Tribe, 4-0, 5 is the number seed. And uh, our number, we're ranked number five in, in the one uh, AA FCS poll. And of course, there was news I did see this morning that uh, Yoder is out, the running back. And I'll ask him, but we're not going to delve too deep into it as far as a few day to day, week to week, is what Coach London said. Anyway, Robert Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Well, good. I want to ask you if we can go to our NBA uh, expert in Milwaukee. Jack Bruce, 
and a cousin of yours, I guess. And maybe you get a hold of Jack Bruce right now, and and uh, and you can, uh, you can we can find out about that tr- big trade. That's right. Let's get to Jack in Milwaukee. Jack, good morning. How are you, Hoss? I'm doing well. How are you? You doing? You sound alike like Robert the Bruce. Y'all must be related. I think that I think that might be what it is. Uh, break down that trade for us. You're the NBA expert in this here uh, get up. Yeah, uh, that's on on paper. That makes Milwaukee the. Uh, that's the keywords on paper. It makes on paper. Them, it makes them the clear favorites in the East. We know what Miami Hurricane Hurricanes. Listen to me. The Miami Heat did last spring, right? And it's always on paper yep. till after the series are done. That's right. And yep. they also look like the favorites in the NBA now. This this is a great trade. Uh, you brought this up in our pre-show meeting. There's only one ball, and there's yeah. uh, there's multiple scores on this team. Now Giannis is arguably, if he's not the best player, he's right there in the top three best players in the league. And Damian Lillard's one of the greatest shooters of all time. This trade it definitely favors Milwaukee because they get the star player. Usually that's who wins these trades. <laughs> for Portland, they didn't get the best return uh, for Damian Lillard. They got they got back DeAndre Ayton from the Suns, and they got two unprotected picks, which is that's always hard to get uh, into. You don't know exactly what all that whatever means. Whatever that means. And they got back Drew Holiday, who they are already looking to trade. So they didn't get a whole lot of value for one of the greatest players in their franchise's <laughs> history. So not a great day to be a Blazers fan. And then the Suns just got a few depth players. So it was a three-team trade. And usually in these situations, uh-huh. the team that gets the star player is the winner. Unless you get an absolute haul, like maybe you look at the Nationals a couple years ago, what they got for Juan Soto. They got they got a they got a lot of players you know, for it's that. It's funny you bring that up. Guess who I ran into yesterday? Who is that? Jeff Zona. Ah. And we talked for twenty minutes about that. And he's very excited about the future. They they they, they, they let go a lot of scouts. Right. He wasn't one of them. He's That's still good. there. So anyway, we digress, but you're talking about the Nats getting the load. Yeah. And it's I uh, did run into old Jeff Zona. Good guy. What a good guy he is. Anyway, take, keep going. You're there. Yeah, no, I, I just, it was, I I don't know what the other offers are. Obviously, we knew Miami was believed yeah. to be the absolute front runners. In fact, Damian Lord said he only wanted to go to Miami. But we have heard in reports now that in recent days, when he realized this Miami trade wasn't going to go anywhere, he had to understand you gotta you gotta have second options, and his two second options were the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm not sure what the Nets offered. We haven't heard that, but mm. the Bucks ended up winning out, and he's he's a Milwaukee Buck now. And like I said, on paper, because I have to say this, because we people get ahead of themselves with the Suns last year when the Nets put together that team. You have to see what it looks like out on the court before you before you crown them, but. They, they do look really good because we know the Milwaukee Bucks were good last year, and Damian Lillard is one of the all-time greatest shooters this league has seen. We got, you're talking about pick swaps with Milwaukee right. in 2028 and 2030. They didn't get a great return. I mean, but you're talking about and five unprote- and seven years out. And they're unprotected, too. I, like I said, I'm not an expert on that part of it, but it's just <sighs> usually you when you trade away someone like Damian Lillard, I mean, that is... He's yeah. right there. Um, he's right there as the greatest players. I know he didn't win a title there, but he's one of the greatest players that's ever played in Portland, and they didn't get back a whole lot. And the best player they got well, out of the deal, they're trying to trade him. They did get. To, they did have Bill Walton. Yeah, Bill Walton's right there. Yeah, he's too. right. They had, they had some good players out there. They won a title, and I think it was seventy. Uh, 
I don't think it was 70s. It might have been 70s. I don't know. Golden State and Washington won in the late 70s. Uh, the, they each won one. Or maybe it was the Baltimore They won Bullets in 1977. Then. It was 77. I was right. I remember watching I watched the second half of the Bill Walton uh, uh, documentary because I never got to see the first one. I guess I can go to, to on the man and get it. But anyway, I, weather-wise, I think uh, I'd prefer to have been in Miami. Yeah, I think I think most players in Milwaukee. That. Winter in Milwaukee. Hello, it's snowing today. Really, this is Milwaukee. <laughs> Welcome to Buck Central. Uh, you know that's that's but you know it's irrelevant really at the end of the day. He would have made Miami better. Yeah. So I mean, Miami uh, certainly nice weather, nicer weather, warm weather in the winter, and a good team. Right. And uh, speaking of the Miami side, I'm I'm talking a little bit personal right now. I'm talking to my fellow Miami Heat fans. They have had a lot of things to say about Pat Riley, and I get he may you may view it as he didn't do the greatest job with this. Some of free agents in the past, but let's not forget what Pat Riley has done for Miami. There is no yeah. the Miami Heat we know without Pat Riley. Yes, Dwayne Wade is a huge part of what they've done, but Pat Riley took over this franchise as a coach, and then now in the position he's in, they were not this franchise. They were a new franchise that was not doing a whole lot, and he took them over, and they've been one of the most steady franchises in the NBA. So this uh, this notion I'm hearing, fire Pat Riley, get oh, him out of the building. Brother. Just, I understand maybe it may be time for him to not have as much control as he did just because of the age yeah. he's at, but... You, I just warn my fellow Miami Heat fans, you be careful what you say about Pat Riley. He is an absolute legend, <laughs> and we are lucky to have had him, just like we are lucky to have had Dwayne Wade. The, you going with the we word. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm talking fans. I know, I know, yeah, I know. I, just, I, know. I saw it yesterday. A little ribbon there, Hoss. And it... Uh, <laughs> And it um it it was annoying. I, I was upset just like all of them not getting Damian Lillard. But let's remember what Pat Riley did for this organization. Yes, and still doing. Still doing. I yeah. mean, it's they act like yeah. we're like the Miami Heat are a lottery team. They went to the finals last. The story year. I'm reading here: the Milwaukee Bucks pulled off a remarkable coup Wednesday when they finessed a three-way trade that will bring your your man to town and, and, and pair him with a former MVP and NBA champion, of course, the, the Greek freak Giannis. And so we'll see. I was looking at their lineup here a minute ago. It looks, it looks uh, it's very good. It looks like it's going to be – well, it was good anyway. They got upset yeah. there. The number one seed got upset by Miami. And they do – the one note is – Last Drew, spring. Yeah, Drew yeah. Holiday is arguably the best defender in the league, definitely the best guard defender. So they are losing that. Damian Lillard is a – bad defender but yeah. in this day and age offense matters more than defense and Giannis yeah. is a great defender that can help make up for it all right 8 15 let's take a pause we'll come back stay on track 835 Mike London will join us the head coach of the tribe number five in the country and they're playing Elon this weekend uh, and they'll be playing without Bronson Yoder who's uh, oh, this just in has been good for a number of years down there running the pig for the tribe all right stay with us we shall return right here on 1061 ESPN uh, golf after that to nine to five and nine something like that they'll be coming in uh, Steve Isaacs John Marcon John Marcon and Steve Isaacs and we'll be talking about the Ryder Cup the Ryder Cup what is that? What am I trying to remind myself of when I say that? Uh, what is it? <laughs> I can't remember. You know, it's when you say it. Well, anyway, forget it. Let's just move on. 816, right here on 1061 ESPN. I'm Big Al. You're listening to Sports Phone. Robert the Bruce and NBA Shakedown Man. That would be Robert the Bruce, other side. Thank you to Jack Bruce for getting him lined up up in Milwaukee, your That's cousin. That's right. We got him quickly. 
Man, real quick, you had, you had him on the line already. Yeah, he, yeah he's bu- he's a busy guy. It's he's, amazing how y'all sound so much alike. I know. It is. Must be the last name. All right, stay with us right here on one hundred six one ESPN. Give a call. In all of baseball on your radio dial, there's a reason to keep it locked to one hundred six one ESPN Richmond, your home for the Atlanta Braves and the River City. The Ryder Cup gets underway Friday morning, 1.30 hour time uh, in the a.m. So that's, what, about 41 hours away, if I'm doing my math right. It'll be on USA Friday, 1.30 a.m. to noon. Saturday, 1.30 to 3 on USA. And then 3 to noon on NBC. Sunday, 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 5.30. Hey, you know, get up about 7, scratch your butt a little bit, get a cup of coffee, watch the Ryder Cup at 7.30 to 1 o'clock. Hey, it's football, baby. That's right. They got a, <laughs> there's a 9.30 game this week, too. Uh, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping on that one, Atlanta and Jacksonville. I don't know about you, but I'm going to storm the castle. I can't wait. I, I'm excited for that game. I'm glad you are. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. Those are two playoff teams we picked. Uh, yeah, that's true. You've got a point there. Keeping me on the railroad tracks. And you know, Sometimes I, was, I uh, hate you. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, you know, I'm disappointed in, in my Jaguars early on. I put a lot of yeah. faith in them. You did put a lot of faith in the Jaguars, and we both put uh, faith in the Falcons. They were kind of our wild card yeah. pick to make the wild card. I think I picked Atlanta to win that division. Didn't I think? Yeah. No, what? you're right. You picked them yeah. to win the division, and they, they can run the football. Their quarterback just Man. isn't doing a whole lot. I love running the football, and, yeah. we're, and we get to watch Washington run it right up the backside of the Washington Mule. Skinners this Sunday. Yeah. They they uh, they run the ball. They run the ball, and guess what they do after that? I think they run. They the run guy. the ball, and, yeah. and then their quarterback gets pushed uh, into the end zone oh, too. That's yeah. another run they That's, did. I mean, if you're if you need a yard for Philadelphia, I mean, every team now has to copy this. You put the you put the big wide loads behind the quarterback, and you just start going, mm, and you push them on in. That's the way it is. I think that's part of it, but also not everyone has Jalen Hurts back there. He's pretty strong. There's, um, I wouldn't trust every quarterback to do that. No, uh, not every. No. I wouldn't want my quarterback doing that. That's for sure. Your quarterback. He does not need to. No, be, you don't need to have Tua do that. I like keep getting that ball out quickly. No need for QB sneaks. Give it to one of the hosses in the backfield. Plain and simple. We got a fullback for that reason. That's why they God have. made fullbacks. Yep, and they're one of the few teams that still does have a fullback. Yep. Well, old Joe Gibbs invented the H back. I imagine that uh, Mike McDaniel will do some of that one of these days. The H back, which was, usually, usually was a tight end, I have because they had two good ones. I have a feeling there's some kind of wrinkle he has saved for Buffalo. You know, got- Buffalo has lost seven in a row. Up in up in, I mean, excuse me. Miami has gone to Buffalo and lost seven in a row, and eleven of their last twelve in Buffalo. Last you, last victory was, uh, I believe, I forget what week it was, but it was actually they clinched the playoff that week in 2016. Jay Ajayi had 200 yards rushing. Jay, was it Jason Sanders kicked a game-winning field goal? I'm not sure if it was him. It's your team, Bubba. <laughs> yeah, 26, 2016. Uh, they that was the last time they went there, 34 to 31. 
Well, they've lost seven in a row. That's why I keep bringing it up. up there. And one of them was a playoff game last year. Yeah. With a third-string quarterback, and they barely lost. They lost there twice by three points last year. But That's a three-point loss is still a loss. Doesn't matter how close it is. Right on. Yeah, it's just as well been 70 to 20. Uh, so that's a... That's a good guess. The game of the weekend, we'd all have, I think, agree on that. Tonight's a good one. Detroit at Green Bay at eight fifteen. That's a good game. Go Lions! Go Lions! I'm pulling for the Lions. I'm tired of Green Bay. Even without fruitcake, there, I'm still wanting to see them Lions win that division. And boy, they got some Minnesota and and Chicago both zipping three. Yeah, Minnesota just can't get out of their own way because no. they lost all one-score games. Chicago is just bad. They're really bad. Minnesota, I would assume, at some point. They might do something with Kirk Cousins because, I mean, they're, they're, their timelines aren't matching up. They're losing. Maybe get some value for him. <laughs> their defense was bad. They've given yeah. up a buck six. It was supposed to be improved. That's, yeah, that's second in points allowed behind Denver, which, oh, by the way, gave up how many last weekend? I just yeah, hung a 7-0 on them. Yeah. So there is rumor that the the Jets need to trade for Kirk Cousins. I don't know. The Nets, the Jets have to trade for Kirk Cousins. Well, yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. What are you going to do when Fruitcake comes back next year? What are you going to do with Cousins then? I guess you're just buying this this season. You're buying right now 14 games. By the time they trade, it may be 11 games. Yeah, at this uh, at this point, it just feels like Zach Wilson is going to go out there again this week. They're <laughs> most likely going to lose. I just like <sighs> I, it's, it's, most likely going to lose. I think they should have found a veteran quarterback the second Aaron Rodgers went down. They should have been calling somebody. Well, this is this game was lined up back in the spring when Fruitcake was healthy. And the Chiefs are scheduled to play. Well, they're scheduled. They should be playing the, the Jets Sunday night at eight twenty. Yeah, that's, they can't flex. Unfortunately, no flexing until Not next yet. week. It's of course it starts we, next week, yeah. one week away. One week. When Kansas we, City should plow through the Jets. When we when we need flex the most, it's not available quite yet. <laughs> Um, because the Monday night game features the Giants, too. Oh. Uh, these New York teams, they need to get flex them out. They're not as good as you thought they were going to no, be. No, well, that's because Fruitcake went down, and the Giants come off a, a, a 10-8-1 season, winning a playoff game in Minnesota. Yeah, there's a reason for it. They're, you know, and they're, the Giants are a big brand, too. Well, you got, you, you got 8 million people. Can't be wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they're going to show the big markets. But they're bad. You know, but yeah, well, evidently. We'll see. The cure-all for them will be when they play Washington. They yeah they seem to just dominate the mule skinners. Even when they're not great, they're still they still they just Daniel Jones especially he has a field day against Washington. Uh, he runs the ball for you know seventy yard runs against Washington. Yeah, it's like guys. See, this is what ticked me off last week against Buffalo because you know Buffalo is, is a well coached and a good team. They have a very good offensive line, and all those offensive linemen are doing they're opening up passing lanes for a Hoss quarterback. It's not Josh Allen six five. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so he's first of all he can see over the line. Right. Secondly, he can run the ball. So they're opening lanes where if there's no one open, he can bolt for 10, 15, 20 yards. No problem. No problem. Do what Richie Pettibone did for Washington with Joe Gibbs years and years ago. When when Randall Cunningham was in the division, you put a spy on the sucker. You put a spy on them. You sacrifice X, Y, and Z, but what you're doing is you're containing the mule. I mean, it's, it's fundamental, basic football. 
Now maybe I'm all wet, but I, you know, you gotta be. You, you, it's like keeping a, a six blocker in because the offensive line's pathetic. Chip, who was I talking to yesterday about it? You know, just chip the the, 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 the defender coming in. Keep a tight end or a running back in. Anyway, don't belabor that. I don't want to belabor the point. You know, nobody's paying me to coach. Nobody's asking my opinion on that. When, other than you know, here in Richmond, maybe. But I mean, no, nobody's calling me from DC or anything. I'm not a consultant for the NFL. But to me, you, you know, you, you put a spy on a quarterback that can run on you. Number one, number two, you put somebody else in extra chip when your offensive line is pathetic. Pathetic. It's Swiss cheap. That's a terrible comparison. I mean, it's like it's change. Oh, please, it's it's no, it's like butterflies. Okay, that's more like it. Swiss cheese is made is made to be eaten. Uh, butterflies uh, on that offensive line. There's nothing there. No, they're really, I mean, no, they're it, really bad. Is it 19 sacks they've given up? 19, baby. That is. That they're is, on. They're on to pace for 107. Truly unreal. I mean, you. That's that's. That's a way to not only not only your quarterback not to develop. That's a way to get him hurt. Have you ever heard of Central State? Yeah. Do you know what it is? No. Over in, in Petersburg, Dinwiddie yeah. County, it's an institution to help those that have mental issues. Right. Okay. To put it politely, can't you know you got you know you got to put it nicely. Okay. Yeah. That's where Sam Howe will be in January. If yeah. Yeah. If, if he's not careful. If they're not careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anyway. I'm him, I just throw the ball away if they're coming. <laughs> don't 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 risk your do, yourself for this terrible do, offensive line. Do like Sammy Ball did, just throw it right in the face mask. Of course, then they didn't have him. Sammy Ball just you know throw it right in the guy's mug. Here, catch this. Um, anyway, the, we have to take a break. Yeah, 19 sacks is terrible in three games. <laughs> this, I mean, like you said, this just in. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is. I mean, seriously, a, a pace for 107. All right, enough of that jibber jabber, John. About that, I'd rather talk about you know watching butterflies, the ones with wings, than watching that offensive line. Just that's the reason why Andrew Luck isn't in the league anymore, and why he retired early. Just was led, led the league in sacks, I believe, twice, getting sacked twice, and that'll that's, get you out of the league. That's what you go to the owner and say, "Would you please?" buy some offensive linemen would you do something it's not like other teams other teams have figured it out well look at two players that are playing that are have at times both been all pro not just pro bowl but all pro trent williams and uh brandon sheriff yep you talk about botching something yeah san francisco can figure out the offensive line they have to shuffle it a little bit but they figure it out well, Trent Williams wanted out of there because he didn't like Bruce Allen. He didn't like the way they run it, the, the fact that he didn't get a second opinion, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Uh, and Brandon Sheriff wanted out because they weren't going to pay him enough. So, <laughs> anything other than that, how would you like to play, Mrs. Lincoln? All right, stay with us. We shall return right here on 1061 ESPN. Mike London will join us, head coach of the Women Mary Tribe, the number five Women Mary Tribe. Stay with us. This weekend, the Cowboys host Tom Brady's old team in a battle between Mac Jones and Dak Prescott. Our coverage of Cowboys Patriots begins Sunday at 345. Here on your home for the Dallas Cowboys. 106.1 ESPN. (laughs) 
835. We thank you for tuning in this morning. You're listening to Sports Phone here on 1061 ESPN. I'm Big Al Robert the Bruce on the other side of the glass. And as advertising now delivered, we do have uh, Coach uh, Mike London, the head coach of the Women Mary Tribe, down in Williamsburg, coming off a 28-3 win versus the Maine Bears uh, down on the reservation at William & Mary. Head out to play Elon down in North Carolina this coming Saturday. Coach, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Big Al. Great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. Doing well. Can I complain? The, um, I like the first paragraph of O'Connor's story on Monday, and this had to come from you. I would think. Now, maybe I'll be wrong, but it's talking about the unfashionable way to win a college football game. Jump into a (laughs) – this just sounds like you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Jump into a phone booth with an opponent and get after it. Is is that you? Yeah, that might have been me. And then then I was reminded, like, like all these guys I'm coaching, they've never seen a phone booth and know what a phone booth is. So uh. (laughs) – you tell, tell them that's where Superman changes, right? <laughs> that's yeah. They haven't seen yeah. Phone booths aren't around anymore, are they? So I guess that's a that's no. a dying phrase that you have to keep alive. Jump into a phone booth with an opponent. Like I just it's such it gives such a great mental image of seeing either two people or two football teams doing that. And uh, this is, of course, described, I guess you're talking about the defense there uh, and how good your defense is. I think uh, maybe, maybe, I guess, after that Campbell game, a slight uh, wake-up call, 34-24, the final year opener. But since then, you've given up six to Wofford, seven to uh, Charleston Southern, three to the main Bears last weekend. That's, uh, in my, my count, that is uh, 16 points in your last three games, Coach. Uh, this just in, that's pretty darn good. No, the, the, the guys have done a really good job of uh, <clears throat> holding each other accountable for, you know, being in the right place, your hat in your gap, um, great effort. You know, a lot of times you can run out of mistake with just phenomenal <laughs> effort, and so that's that's huge. And, um, you know, that's that's what you need to, you know, to, to play and, and be successful as you go through this conference, as you know, Big Al. So, you know, uh, you, you although you pat yourself on the back after the game is over, you know that you, you got to get better, and we got to we got to get ready to play another really good football team. That you know that right now they're two and zero in the conference as well. So uh, that's 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 the point, and and uh, look forward to traveling down there, um, down to Elon's place on the road. Um, mm-hmm. It's been crazy going back and forth <laughs> with Elon since I've been here. Five overtime win, you know, the fifth overtime win the last year, last quarter, last few minutes. You know, they beat us at our place, and so it's, it's been uh, been highly competitive. So a little bit of a rivalry there, I'd say, then. A, a game with Elon. Yeah, it, it's cons- <laughs> you know, again, you go in, in, the, in the CAA, and as, as you see the CAA shape and morph into whether you say there's a northern side and then there's a, <laughs> a southern side of the conference. You know, we're always going to be us, Richmond, North Carolina A&T, now Campbell, you know, always probably going to be in that, that division that we'll see each other. Well, that yeah, and, and, you, and when you get to play them every year, it gets to know them pretty well. Uh, one of the questions, and of course, I believe you answered that to some degree. Uh, boy, I, I, I hate to, you know you hate to bring it up, but you hate to see injuries to good players that are tougher than Chinese arithmetic. <clears throat> and that seems to be the case with Yoder, a 210 pound uh, senior. The yards he's accumulated in his career, the yards he already has this year, which I think he's over 400 yards in the four games, including well, like a buck 63 last week against Maine before he got hurt. And uh, you have said that he's day to day, week to week. 
And it's a shame because of, uh, you know, you've got four games down, seven to go with uh, with road trips and uh, a few home games mixed in. It, losing anybody hurts, but losing a running back that, that just does it for you, gets out there and grinds out yards is a tough thing this time of year, isn't it, Coach? Yeah, it always is. You know, uh, Big Al, when you get to this point of the season, you know, you've gone through a training camp. And a training camp, you know, uh, a lot of places is, you know, it, it's highly physical or, you know, at least you, you do your the bulk of your, your tackling and your training there. And then you go through the season, you know. So there's four games thus far during the season. So now you can ready to enter kind of, you said one-third is over. Now you're in, into that middle third now where everybody has soft tissue injuries. Everybody has, has been dealing with the next man up mentality. Uh, and so that's kind of where we are. Um, Malachi Emo, he's you know he's uh, another electric back. I think he's averaging over seven yards per touch. Martin Lucas, who, who who's played in games, scored touchdowns, has been productive. Will now have to step up his game as well. And then you know, so it, it's a collective effort of um, of rising to the level. Okay, who's the next man up? How do we game plan uh, the, the opponent to make sure we you know um, put people in the right place to uh, to attack. You know are the matchups that we think we can have, and and then go from there. So, um, and that's the exciting thing about you know college athletics and football is you know you're you're playing chess, you're playing checkers, but ultimately you got to put the pieces in to help you win the game. Well, you have as you mentioned, Emo, and, and this young man uh, has been around. He's been in the, of course, in the program. Last year, I know he got a lot of touches, a lot of running attempts, and you used him along with Yoder last year. And now he'll, I would guess, he'll be your starting quarterback. I mean, he uh, he's he's good. He, last two, I mean, you've got very good running backs. You got like a stable of them. And uh, last week, of course, one hundred and what ten yards, one hundred and three yards uh, in those last two games, and he's. he's one of these guys is kind of hard to find, but he's tough. He's five eight and one hundred eighty pounds, and uh, this is a, this will be your, I guess, your lead back now, won't he, Coach? For now, yeah. Well, it'll it'll still be backs by committee, but he'll mm-hmm. obviously his touches will go up. As I said, same thing with Martin uh, Lucas, and uh, and then some other ways that, that we're going to uh, get people to get the ball in their hands. And so um, Malachi is, uh, is is he's one of the fastest guys on our team. You know, worried about the wind blowing him and blowing him off the off the field, but uh, you know he he withstood all that and and uh, I, I tell you what he's dynamic and that's the other thing you know which which helps us when we talk about explosive plays, long runs, those are the things that he can that he can do well. So we just we make we got to make sure we take advantage of his skill set as it as it goes to playing uh, this game coming up. Well, now, uh, Lucas Martin Lucas is well, big fella, six two two forty. Uh, I mean, he can do some bullying, can he not? Yeah, he, he is. Uh, yeah, he is. He's uh, he's uh, one of probably one of the strongest guys, definitely in the skill set. You talk about you know DBs, wide receivers, outside backers, running backs on our team, and um, has caught the ball for a touchdown and has run it in. So his touches and things like that will increase also, and how we get him the ball is going to be important. But um, you know, he's, you know, the next man up mentality is, listen, you've been studying, you've been practicing, you've been doing the things preseason, during the season to get yourself ready. So a lot of times the moment is presented to you, and, and whether you're ready for the moment or not, you know, is, is where everyone will see. So I believe that those two guys, because they have played in the games, 
are going to be able to step up and uh, and, and do things that uh, – this match your skill sets. But I tell you, that is a luxury to have in the sense that you said they both had touches in the games. And I know Lucas has run for over 100 yards. He had 49 yards last week uh, against Maine. It's great to have that. You lose a guy, you bring a guy in that has experience. And that doesn't always happen if from, uh, you know, from uh, Pee Wee League through high school, college, and pros. It doesn't always happen that way. But it sounds to me like you have, like I said, a stable of running backs. And that'll help because your ground game is, is so good. And I like to watch that and see that so I'm glad that you've got somebody can come in. I know Yoder has certainly uh, made his bones uh, running the ball for the tribe the last three years, and look for him to come back. But brother, when you can put in other guys and, and place them in there, it really does benefit because you're throwing fresh guys uh, at, at defenses, and boy, that that will help. Uh, is there any? I guess I don't want to step out of line or get into the the business of uh, of speculation. But is any idea when Yoder may return? Yeah, there's. Like I said, when it's when it's a kind of a week to week, and our doctors are with him and how he responds to treatment and all those things like that. Um, you know, don't don't know the answer to that. Obviously, the sooner the better. But yeah. um, you know, um, he's in good care and. And I think the scenario of where we are right now as a team, you know, continue to play good defense. Offensively, we've been able to run the ball. Time of possession is impacted uh, by hanging on to the ball, get better at third-down conversions. Our defense has done a great job. I think the third-down conversions for our opponents is like 5-30-something, which is almost unheard of. That means they're getting off the field and getting the ball back. You know, to our offense. So, you know, we that's the way we got to play. We got to play that way to mm-hmm. to win games until a circumstances changes or another player comes back or whatever it might be. But uh, right now, it's it's been a formula for us to do well. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, we all are, uh, you know, we all are looking to 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 make sure that we we put the best product out on the field. I heard the game's going to be sold out down there in Elon and. And that's what you want. You want an exciting atmosphere for for college football game. Well, you'd mentioned about uh, Elon and uh, how they, uh, you know, you've got uh, overtimes or fourth quarter rallies. Last year they played at Zabel Stadium and uh, got what nineteen in the fourth quarter to win uh, last September. So you kind of, you know, the coaches look at it this way. Uh, I may be a little naive in that regard. I mean, it's it's, it's you know now's the time for uh, you know get back at them a revenge type of situation. You go down there and you know it's going to be a tough game. Uh, does that come up when you talk to the team before the game or during practice during the week? Hey, they beat us in our yard last year. We need to get down there. Or is that just say hey, it's in the past? Let's just go win this ball game. Period. Nothing else to do with anything. You know, again, that's that's part of the psyche, as we all know. It's, I can't sit here and say they don't think about that. But what we think about is is the things that led us to uh, to not win the game, and that was you know mental errors. And as I was talking about before. A guy's supposed to be the outside contained guy. He thinks he can make a play by going inside. The ball bounces outside, so it's a fundamental breakdown of the technique. So um, looking at the, that pass game film, knowing that that's those types of things hopefully will continue to have been corrected because of the results of this season, and then knowing that you know their place, opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to win down there on the road, all those things, that's part of the human nature, the element of, uh, of wanting to do well and go down there and mm-hmm. play. You know, um, you know, in their place, we travel well. Our fans do a great job of traveling, so it, it's exciting. We're we'll gonna be looking forward to it. 
Oh, good. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. Uh, it just be, well, for a number of reasons. One, it's a, it's a Saturday football game on the road. It's a conference game, and you're favored to win the conference two and zip right now. And uh, also, Elon two and zip in the conference. They had losses uh, so far this year. Their losses uh, came down to uh, Gardner Webb and Wake Forest and Gardner Webb. They beat NCANT in the conference, and Campbell, a team that y'all beat by ten in the opener. So uh, this will be. A good tough game and uh, you know i know you'll get i know you i feel strong and confident you're going to get a win down there i'm not going to say you know hey coach you're going to win because that, your coaches go man al be quiet will you that's not how we think <laughs> but uh good, good luck down there this weekend and stay healthy i know hollis willis is is, is, is it playing right now is he and he's dinged up a little bit yeah he didn't play last yeah. week uh so but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens this uh this week and how about kendrick your second leading receiver how's his how's his status yeah, he's kind of in the same boat. Yeah. You know, when you have these soft tissue injuries and things like that, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's it's a matter of you know how you feel the day before or game day type thing. But we're not going to put him in harm's way. But you, you, you're right. This is as I said, this is the kind of point in the season that uh, you know everybody's missing some key players and depth matters and and all those things. So we're we're no different than any other team. But uh, we're going to put something together that hopefully we can do it in a positive way, to, so the outcome could be a W. Well, good, and I hope you come out of the game healthy and uh, come back with a win. Best of luck to you down at Elon, and uh, and then focus on next week. So thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to talk with you, Coach. Thanks, Big Al. Have a great rest of the day, and to your listening audience, take care. I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Coach Mike London, the Women Mary Tribe. And as I said, John O'Connor's uh, opening paragraph on Monday was a great one. It was. It had, like I said, it had to come from Mike London. Let's jump into the phone booth with an opponent and get after it. <laughs> it just sounds like this is a man who was a police officer, uh, and somebody pulled the trigger and it missed. It didn't fire, right, right in his, fa- right in his face. I mean, you've gone through that. There's not a whole lot that's gonna scare you. After that, I wouldn't think you're sitting there as a policeman. You caught this guy, and he pulls a gun out and puts it in your face and fires. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? You talk about respect for somebody. Holy smokes. All right, let's take a pause and we will come back. Steve Isaacs, I believe, is in the green room. Johnny Marcon on his way. And we will be talking Ryder Cup when they return right here on 1061 ESPN. Stay with us. <laughs> 